What up, family? This is Passing Period, an All the Above podcast extra. All the Above, of course, is a video-based show, and those full episodes drop every two weeks. But in between those full episodes, we like to drop these passing periods just for our podcast listeners. Now, my name is Manuel Rustin, your favorite teacher's favorite teacher, and there's a lot going on in the world right now. So much going on in the world right now, so much going on in the world of education right now that um, I can't even begin to imagine which of the many, many, many crazy wild, unprecedented stories we're going to talk about today. Jeff, the world is burning. Things are falling apart. There is so much craziness out there. Um, I don't know, man. What 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 specifically are we going to take some time out today to um, dive into and to discuss? Yeah, man. Well, I, I feel you on that because it, it does seem like every conversation nowadays goes from from like regular whatever you were talking about to like oh there's a global pandemic and we can't go outside to oh the world is on fire to oh we might lose democracy uh (laughs) yes yes so it's like there's really just one very dystopian conversation but um but yeah we we are going to (laughs) we're going to take a piece of that uh dystopian conversation today and a topic that you know we we certainly have i think touched on numerous times um you know in the history of our show and more recently have touched on uh, a little more explicitly in in a few um recent episodes you know around things like the um the bashing of the 1619 Project, um, thanks to the the most unironically named politician in America, Senator Tom Cotton of Arkansas. Um, and poetic, Jeff. It's poetic. <laughs> it's like, I mean, dude, you really if classic you had, American. If you had Hollywood right writers writing this, they'd be like, <laughs> we can't call him Cotton, can we? <laughs> like, like, That's just too obvious, too right? Too on the nose, right? <laughs> So, uh, you know, thanks to good old Tom Cotton and uh, Donald J and, and the boys, um, uh, you know, <laughs> spitting their, their hate and vitriol. Uh, you know, we just saw some really direct attacks on uh, the 1619 Project, right, which, of course, is, is uh, a resource many teachers across the country are using in curriculum. And, and since that moment or those moments... We've seen a real escalation, I think, of the of the kind of uh, attacks on um, truth in curriculum and in education and in instruction. And I think it's raised some really big questions for us about what is the role of educators and what is the role, and I say educators broadly, right? What is the role not only of classroom teachers, but also of administrators, of um, district officials, of you know, coaches and consultants, of school board members, of the entire apparatus of public education um, and you know, education period in this country uh, to, to do truth telling in the face of, of very direct escalating efforts to attack truth in the curriculum. Most recently, of course, uh, I think most folks have probably heard at this point that uh, Donald J. Trump gave a speech recently, um, you know, saying they're going to establish a so-called 1776 commission aimed at promoting, uh, you know, quote unquote, patriotic education. Um, and threatening to defund schools who are, you know, who are teaching supposedly un-American curriculum. Um, and, and this is, I think, posing a real crisis for our profession and, 
asking us some profound questions about what are we going to do in the face of a of a you know just a clearly authoritarian uh, attempt to um, to suppress truth uh, and truth telling about our history and about um, you know what America is and how it functions and why it looks the way it does today. What we're going to do as a profession, like what are the, what's the ethical standard we need to uphold? How are we going to organize ourselves professionally to respond? And um, and this this is a very real, profound threat, I would argue, and uh, but certainly at least question for us to grapple with in a way that I don't think we have quite had to wrestle with so directly in in at least our careers as educators. I mean, maybe back in the you know, 1950s with the, you know, red scare tactics and that sort of thing. Uh, there, this may have been a similar phenomenon, but, um, but we are, we're in a new scary place right now, Manuel. And I think, I think there's a lot for us to unpack here. So, um, you, I know as a teacher, you've been posting online about the sort of blurring of, uh, the classroom and the home and the idea yeah. that, you know, teachers are, presenting stuff and parents are over the shoulder of the children watching and you know there's been some examples we've seen across the country of teachers being uh, chastised penalized otherwise threatened even for having you know simple stuff black lives matter posters in their classroom um, but as we're you know as we're facing <laughs> a 1776 commission that's going to uh, <laughs> lie to us uh, you know about white supremacy um, what do you think the role of teachers is or the role of educators is? Yeah, definitely. I'm glad we're discussing this again. So, I mean, yes, we have touched on this a little bit over the last several episodes, really, but the, the escalation, as you pointed out, like things just continue to escalate such that I think us educators really need to have a plan together for what we're going to do, how we're going to respond. Cause, um, we can't just sit here and just like, you know, um, not take it seriously because he says a lot of things. Trump tweets a lot of things. Like he's just, that's just him. Like, no, we have to take this seriously because things continue to escalate and we don't know what the future holds, especially if the election goes his way, then we are dealing with for sure um, a, a wide open opportunity for for him and his his folks to, to make good on this promise to quote unquote, clear away the twisted web of lies um, that he claims is being taught in our classroom. So we, this, this needs to be talked about more for sure. Now, I think one thing I want to do is just really shout out Nicole Hannah-Jones specifically because this this work that she put together as, as fantastic as it is, as empowering as it is, as transformative as it is, she has spent the last year like at the center of this fight. And she is, she's, she's, I mean, just in following her on Twitter, like she's not backing down. She, she has responses for, for all these like fake historians that are coming out trying to discredit her and she's really like in the fire. And I think we really, really, really need to support her and give her um, her flowers for for fighting this fight because this is this is really important work, this truth telling about our history. I also wanna shout out the Zen Education Project because I mean, pr the president also um, singled them out as being part of this twisted web of lies. And and everybody that's been out there, Clint Smith III, um, a lot of teachers on Twitter, a lot of other folks who have been holding the line and, and laying out the 
facts and the reasoning for needing to have an honest telling of American history for sure. So I want to shout all of them out. Now, one thing that gives me a little bit of encouragement as an educator, at least in California, is the fact that the federal government's power over our curriculum is limited to, to a pretty large degree. And as far as the state of California goes, the state superintendent, Tony Thurman, in collaboration with the Museum of Tolerance and the National Equity Project and Equality California, um, launched what the Department of Education, the California Department of Education call, is calling the Education to End Hate Initiative, which is a direct response to the president's little like committee that he or commission, the 1776 commission in the little speech that he gave about American history. And this is a direct response to that. And this education to end hate initiative for California, at least, might be a, a, a helpful bit of the antidote to the Trump era hatred that we see in terms of the attacks on LGBTQ plus folks, the attacks on black folks, the attacks on um, well, the, the increase in Islamophobia and anti-Semitism. So we definitely have seen reports and studies that show these attacks have been on the rise since 2016. The, the bullying, the, the hatred, the bigotry within, within schools from student to student and from teacher to student has been on the rise. So this education and hate initiative is, is a way to help counter that, at least in California. It's bringing resources and, and training grants for, for folks who are teaching tolerance and teaching um, about humanizing education and honest critical history and the examination of race and racism but also it's going to include some virtual classroom sessions on how to end discrimination within your within your schools and a roundtable discussion with various leaders around creating safe learning environments so this is what california needs for sure and i know a lot of folks listening don't work in california and for that i am sorry because i am <laughs> really worried that states with um, more conservative legislatures are, are going to go in the opposite direction and and do their part to to help with this this idea of of so-called clearing away the the twisted web of lies um, that's being taught, which in translation is actually just like the actual truth about American history. So so there's 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 some hope there, I think, Jeff, in terms of just the the fact that state by state, you know, it is up to 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 local leaders and state leaders to to really at the end of the day determine what's being taught and how it's being taught. So I don't know. I'm hopeful about that, but I get the sense that that for sure is not going to be enough to um, totally counter and stop this this escalation. I don't know. What do you think? Yeah, I think you're right. Um, I'm glad you gave those those shout outs that you did. And I also think you're right that it's going to be insufficient because the reality right. is, um, you know, there's not going to be any change to the to the official adopted curriculum between now and Election Day. Right. Or even between now and any time in the you know, near future in 2021, right? Um, so the, the, you know, the adoption of curriculum, the adjustment of standards, those kinds of things are long, crappy, drawn-out processes. Mm. Uh, and there's, of course, really important work to be done on that front. I think in the more immediate sense, the act of truth-telling, um, the, the work of truth-telling to young people is critically important and something that educators must unite as a profession to uphold. And, you know, it's interesting you mentioned, um, you know, the Zen Education Project. And uh, I was watching uh, Democracy Now! earlier this week, and they had on uh, some archival footage of interviews with Howard Zinn. And, and actually, I think the Zen Education Project sent this out in an email this week as well. Uh, but in an interview, you know, Howard Zinn was being questioned by Amy Goodman, like, what, you know, 
people say you're you're doing this sort of propaganda teaching or whatever. Like, what do you, what do you say to that? Um, or you know, they say the kids are too young to be told about all these horrific slavery and genocide and you know these horrible things. And he said something very simple and very profound, I thought, which is, you know, we we should tell the truth to young people. And I think at the core of education, there are a set of values that, you know, at least, and this is their own doing <laughs> in my mind, but at least in the in, in its current iteration of, of ideology, the values of education run counter to the values of the of the extreme right wing movement we're seeing escalating in this in this country right now. So the values, the core values of education that are about telling truth, that are about celebrating the, you know, the value of all people, that are about um, making room for the full diversity of of who we are as as human beings. And, um, you know, meeting the needs of different types of people where they're at. If you speak a different language than the language of instruction, we have supports for you. If you, if you are neurodiverse or if you learn differently, we have supports for you. If, you know, if you're just having a hard time and need someone to talk to, right? Like, we have supports for you, right? And there's a fundamental set of values that's rooted in things like compassion, dignity, respect, honesty, integrity, that um, I'm not saying we have either historically always done well or that even currently we're always hitting it out the park, right? So I don't mean to sweep everything under the rug, but like that's what we are trying to do. And whether you're, you know, whatever your personal politics are, I think that to me it is it is kind of an essential truth that that is those are the underpinning values of school and um, the kinds of things that are being uh, suggested here, even though they have of course the the glossy veneer of of righteousness, right? Like uh, I was I was uh, both shocked and not shocked at all that uh, what Trump said in defense of the, you know, of his critique of, you know, critical race theory and the establishment of this, you know, uh, patriotic education stuff, uh, he said, and I quote, we embrace the vision of Martin Luther King, where children are not judged by the color of their skin, but by the content of their character. The left is attempting to destroy that beautiful vision and divide Americans by race in the service of political power. Okay, uh, end quote there. So, you know, like that's just the, the, <laughs> the, the kind of like insidious uh, misrepresentation of Martin Luther King, co-optation of his message around justice and all of that, right? Which we've it's talked really about. really tragic. Yeah. Which, I mean, it's just tragic. It's, it's, we need one, one of these Martin Luther King days that comes around, we need as heavy and critical of a national conversation around King as possible yeah. because folks out there especially folks on the right, just have it totally twisted. Like he's just this Santa Claus type figure. And he's been, you know, out of context, his statements have been used for just the most vicious, vile stuff. Yeah. Like the passage of Prop 209 in the 90s. Yeah. Anyways, yeah. go ahead. Yeah, yeah. That, so here, let me let me read you the rest of that quote, man. Well, he said... He <laughs> you said, didn't even get yeah, to the bad here, part. Here's, yeah. the good, here's the rest. <laughs> no, now that you said that. Okay, he says, by viewing every issue through the lens of race, they want to impose a new segregation, and we must not allow that to happen. Okay? <laughs> so... 
That's he figured us out, Jeff. He figured it out. We want new segregation. Secretly, we're trying to make a new segregation, and and they are the champions of integration. I you know I don't I don't know what they're the champions of, but man, the mental gymnastics, man. Yeah, yeah. It's and and okay, and so mental gymnastics is a great phrase. I I love that phrase. I, you know, I use it a lot myself. That's probably giving this too much credit. What, yeah. So it's fundamentally what it's about is a, is a type of dishonesty, right? It is it is contorting facts and truth and reality in such a way that one must engage in mental gymnastics in order to convince oneself that there could be a kernel of truth here, right? And and that is what is being or what is being you know attempted. Uh, as an imposition on curriculum and instruction um, in our country from the federal level right now uh, in, in a way that I think is, is a deep threat. And, um, you know, we've talked about before, like the role that teachers or some of the like risks that teachers face right now. I think there's also a very important role that principals have to play. I think there's a very important role that uh, school district officials have to play. Like, I would love to see districts, I would love to see schools, you know, in a letter home from the principal issue a response to this kind of statement and, and saying, you know, yes, of course, school is not, school doesn't exist to be a place for partisan politics to be, uh, to be pushed, Right. But school definitely exists as a place to uphold the dignity and value and worth of all people. And it definitely exists as a place that is fundamentally about helping people uh, confront truth. Right. And we are not going to lie about things in the curriculum. At least we're going to stop lying, you know, to the extent that we have been. Um, and, you know, whether that's climate change, whether that's evolution, whether that is uh, you know, so-called patriotic education. I think it is time now for educators to take a stand. It's time for classroom teachers to uphold the line, keep your Black Lives Matter, you know, and your rainbow flags up on the wall in your Bitmoji classroom. Keep it up on the wall behind you. It's time for principals, when you get a complaint from parents, to back up your teachers and explain that this is what we are about as an institution. We are not about oppression and suppression and denial of the dignity of certain sets of people in this country. We're not about hiding an objectively true history of race, uh, racism, genocide, exploitation, patriarchy, etc. We're going to talk about those things. It doesn't mean those are the only things we're going to talk about. We're not going to not talk about good things, you know, that have, have come out of American history, but we're not going to lie to the kids. And um, and what the what the president, what um, you know, his party is pushing is a is a pedagogy and a and a curriculum of dishonesty, and we can't we can't stand for that. Yeah, no, absolutely. And I think the a statement from the district, a public statement of some sort, something sent home would be fantastic. I, I I'm curious if any districts have actually thought about doing something similar to that. Um, especially I like the point that you pointed out, like the difference between partisan politics and, I mean, I think partisan and political gets conflated a lot in these discussions. And a lot of folks who are critical of, of these topics being explored in class, try to use political as a, as a, a euphemism for us trying to like steer kids in a certain, certain direction and try to get them to vote a certain way and live their life a certain way. It's some sort of like indoctrination when in reality it's not that at all. And of course we're not 
you know, of course, school isn't a place for partisan politics because, of course, school, especially public schools being part of the government, like it's not our, our, our duty and there's all kinds of policies around that. But to say that politics doesn't belong in the classroom is is totally nonsensical. I mean, everything, every, every decision we make about what gets taught, how it gets taught, um, who's in what class, all these things, these are all political decisions. And those two terms get conflated a lot, partisan and political. But in any case, I want to turn turn this conversation towards the, towards the article that I saw in California Educator. And for those who aren't familiar, California Educator is the official like magazine of the California Teachers Association, which is the union that I belong to. And they had an article about teaching during election season. And I got to say, I was, I was quite a bit dismayed at at the article and, and a lot of what it featured. It profiled several teachers who teach uh, government and, and civics. And um, it really is emblematic of how I was trained to teach, which is to say um, the article really is heavy on the teachers shouldn't ever express their own personal views. So uh, quoting from the article says, teaching about politics, government, and elections has always been tricky, but the current political climate has made it even more important for these educators to discuss the issues without including their own opinions. And then it quotes a teacher that is profiled who says, my students don't know my political standpoint. My goal is not to get them to follow my way of thinking. I want them to follow their, uh, I want them to follow their hearts. My goal is to teach, not to preach. Now, much of that statement is, is fine. Like, obviously, the goal is not to get them to follow your way of thinking or um, to preach to them. However, that first part, my students don't know my political standpoint. That's how I was raised, you know, like I remember being in school, my history teacher, my favorite teacher telling, you know, always telling us like he'll never let us know if he was a Democrat or Republican or something else. And I always admired that. And I always taught like that for a long time, you know, even during the Bush years, I think most of my students knew that I was a critic of Bush and I was definitely not a Republican, but I never like presented my own personal views. I always played the like, you know, it's, it's, it's up to you to make your own opinion. I'm not going to sway you. I don't, you know, I don't want to share my opinion. But in this day and age, in this political climate, that concept changes a lot when you are facing actual dehumanizing language coming from above, coming from the, the White House, and you have really dehumanizing policies coming out as well. So for example, I mean, I've had several trans students over the last several years, and just early on in, the, in his administration when he um, tweeted that transgender folks would be banned from the military, if I have a transgender student who's a senior who's considering the military, and they ask me, what I think about that, like, I'm not just going to play the whole like, oh, I can't give you my personal opinion, because by not affirming their humanity, by not supporting them and seeing them, I am, by being silent, I am basically condoning what the president was saying. If I have a student who's asking about the murder of Breonna Taylor, um, especially if that student happens to be a black girl, and she's like, yo, Rustin, did you see this? What do you think? If I'm like, oh, sorry, I can't share what I think, I am not doing my duty to honor her humanity, to support her, and to let her know that it's not all right for a person to be in their own house, minding their own business, and to be shot down with no repercussions at all for the folks who did it. If I have a newcomer student who's asking about families being separated by ICE at the border, and I'm like, oh, sorry, I can't share my personal opinion, I'm basically saying like, maybe it's okay that families get separated. And that, what kind of damage am I doing to my students in, in and saying that, or even if it, a white kid is asking about Black Lives Matter, and I don't say anything about it, I don't, I don't condone or deny Black Lives Matter, then I'm basically allowing that student to walk away with whatever 
negative Black Lives Matter perspective he might be getting at home. And I'm not giving him the opportunity to hear a more honest truth to it. So I say that all to say, there's a lot of teachers out there who still are of the opinion that if a student knows where you stand, you have failed as a teacher. And I just wanna say that is, is terribly incorrect when it comes to matters of humanity, when it comes to matters of humanizing and valuing folks of all walks of life. And for sure, I am disappointed that this article, this California Educator article, is doubling down on like the, the old school way of, of approaching these things. I think teachers have a duty to be truthful, a duty to build critical consciousness, not to indoctrinate, not to preach, but to just lay out their, um, their support for their students, no matter what walk of life their students come from, but also the support for all groups out there. Because to your point, Jeff, school is a place where we are supposed to be upholding the value of each and every human. And this idea that we are all in this together and everybody everybody has worth and everybody has value. And by being silent, we are basically allowing the loudest voices in the room, which right now are on Twitter, tweeting from the White House at all hours of the morning, um, to dominate the discussion. And that's just, uh, that's a disservice to our kids for sure. Yeah, I fully agree with that, Manuel. I'm gonna, I'm gonna push it even one step further, okay? Um, and this, this yep. is, I will admit, a, um, you know, I, I don't know that I would always at every point in time have agreed with it with what I'm about to say. But I do think that right now we have a special obligation, even in the partisan sense, to be honest with students. OK, so throughout most of the, the 20th century, our two party system, regardless of what you may think about it, um, had a, a sort of large enough tent of diverse interests represented within it that uh, that there were like deep racists who were Democrats and there were deep racists who were Republicans, you know, yep. and there were Southern Democrats and Northern Democrats and Southern Democrats Republicans. Democrats founded the KKK and, 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 and fought for slavery, Jeff, just so you know. Yeah, that. no, I mean, and that's real talk, right? And up until the 1960s, the Democrats were the folks who, uh, you know, the Dixiecrats at least, right, were the folks yep. who filibustered all the civil rights legislation and, you know, um, put the dogs on on children in parks in Alabama and stuff. Right. And so like yeah. that, like that's real. Right. Um, and they have Republicans who supported them and Republicans who opposed them. And there were Democrats who opposed them also. Right. And so that was true for quite a period of time. We now live in an era where that's not true where there is there is one party the republican party that is that is deeply committed to overt uh, oppressive politics right to voter suppression to cozying up to the charlottesville clan nazi folks right um and that is that's where they've chosen to do and so i think we we can't remain silent about those kinds of things also. So I agree with what you're saying that like there is a there is a fine line there. There, there it is important to be uh, honest and, and have integrity with students about the values we are upholding in school. Our silence about issues is just as loud a type of speech uh, as is our speech about them. So if we don't talk about Breonna Taylor, that says a lot about what we think about Breonna Taylor. If we don't talk yeah. about, you know, the um, 
kids in cages at the border, it says a whole lot about what we are saying about kids in cages at the border. Um, and the, you know, the, the actual truth of the matter in this moment is that we do have a political party that is entirely whole hog um, pushing those kinds of policies and making those kinds of hateful statements. And, uh, and I think we have to be honest about that as well. So in as much as in a perfect world, I wouldn't want us to, you know, to really be like entertaining partisan conversation, um, you know, with, with students. And I do think there's still a role for the teacher to uphold that like our job is not to be partisan in our teaching. We can't lie to the kids that like, you know, this, this is who the Republican party has said they are right now. And this, this is what they are offering the people, right? They're lying. They say we want to protect pre-existing conditions, but they're in court trying to get rid of protection for, for pre-existing conditions, right? Like we can't not tell the kids the truth about that, right? Um, so I think they they have ironically the the more conservative elements of, of our society that are always so you know snowflakey to use a term from our last episode about you know mm. about these sorts of issues have created conditions where it's impossible to talk about them without naming the racism and the oppression. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. And um, if you are a teacher who is listening to this, do ask yourself, um, what have you done? How have you shown recently um, your students that you do not believe the um, really negative, hateful stuff that's said about them that's coming out um, across the nation in the headlines and whatever about them and their, and their folks. Um, And if you do believe a lot of that deficit stuff that's coming out. If you do believe that folks um, need to be caged up at the border, if you do believe that like certain folks don't shouldn't have the right to um, join the military or shouldn't have the right to whatever, then um, consider whether or not you are in the right profession because um, we have students of all walks of life, whether you realize it or not, no matter what you think um, you have sitting in front of you in class, you don't know um, those students' orientations. You don't, you don't know what those students are thinking and how those students identify. Um, and you for sure have students who are wondering if if you're on their side, if you see them as the full humans that they are, or if you are of the bigoted mindset that some, some lives have more value than others. So yeah, definitely take care of your students first and foremost. If you are a teacher who is out there and, and fighting the good fight, um, take care of your mentals. Like Jeff said, hold the line, keep those posters going, keep all that stuff up because that is affirming. There are little kids out there who who need that and who need to know that you got their back for sure. All right, folks, that about does it for this week's passing period. Next week, next week, we will dive into science classes because a lot of this, you know, a lot of this talk generally gets relegated to to history classes, maybe English classes, but um, nah, science got a role to play too. All right, so next week we will take a look at where science curriculum lies in within this this uh, conversation of anti-racism and and doing right by folks of all all backgrounds. All right, so definitely make sure you hit that subscribe button, follow, thumbs up, all that good stuff, all that good stuff. And we very much appreciate you. We very much appreciate your listenership. We hope you are doing as well as you can during these very difficult difficult times, especially if you are hybrid teaching or in person teaching or figuring out distance learning, hang in there. We get it. We're, we are struggling right along with you. All right. But we are all in this together. AOTA family. We appreciate y'all. And now it's time to get to class.